getting to communion. Turn with me to Second Timothy. One. Going to start at verse three. It says, "I thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors, with a clear conscience, as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day." As I remember your tears, I long to see you, that I may be filled with joys. joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of <coughs> excuse me, the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God, who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave in Christ Jesus before the ages began, which now has been manifested through the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. For which I was appointed a preacher, an apostle, and teacher, which is why I suffer as I do. But I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. Follow the pattern of sound words that you have heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. By the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the good deposit entrusted to you. Well, the first thing, two words are going to help us to understand as pastors the most. The first one is being reminded. And the second phrase is not being ashamed. It says, I remember. What does Paul remember? He remembers Timothy constantly. He remembers his tears. He's reminded of his sincere faith. Therefore, he reminds Timothy. The thing about Timothy was, Timothy was going through a hard time. Uh, we don't know exactly why, but Timothy was getting discouraged. And Timothy had a heritage of faith from his mom's side, not from his dad's side. And I feel that in many ways, Timothy represents the modern Christian. Because he does not know faith from his fathers because men have been weak in our day and age. Unfortunately so. And a lot of us we know faith from our mothers. And so he's reminded Timothy, he said, yeah, you know, you have faith from your mother. There's nothing wrong with that. That's a good thing, actually, because you have faith. It doesn't really matter how you got faith as long as you got it, right? So he said, I'm reminded of your faith, but I think in his way of reminding, he's reminded, he's reminding Timothy because Timothy is discouraged. What is he reminding him of? I'm reminded Yes, I care about you. Remember this, right? I'm remembering you because I care about you. I'm saying that so that you remember that I care about you. I remember your heritage of faith. I'm saying that so that you remember that you come from people that believe. Just like we come from this church. That he remembered was his grandmother and his mother. Faithful women. And for this reason, I remind you 
now we go into what you should do, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is through the laying on of my hands. Now we see that the ministry of faith that God has given us is entrusted to men, right? Entrusted to men. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. So he learned the elements of the faith from his, the women in his life. But he had to learn about ministry from the fathers in his life. Which is a hard thing. And I think that's why our ministry is a hard one. Because we minister to men who are not used to being ministered by men. And what I mean by that is every time that a man that is not saved that is not raised by a father let me say it this way as I was at home my dad would throw insults at me every once in a while not because he didn't love me because I was doing stuff that deserved to be insulted that was silly you were being lazy you need to do X Y and Z stop being weak Stop crying. He would challenge me on many different things. Even when I was older, I remember I didn't even know what he meant by that phrase, prima donna. But he said that. I was like, what is that? Didn't know what that was, but he threw that out there. The whole point of it is this. I'm used to being corrected by a man. But we live in a society where the fathers, in many cases, are not there. What happens to those men? Many of you are in that position. What happens to you? You don't think of instruction from a man as anything but being punked. Every time you had to be instructed by a man, it was only because you was forced to. If a man told you to do something, it's because he was punking you. And if you told him to do something, it's because you was punking him. Very rarely was it something mutual going on. It was force and control and so many times in the church we battle that right we may say well you know what you did is silly and they say man what you, what you saying that about me and they get their back raised up and the reason we get our back raised up is because we haven't been raised by fathers the reason why fathers need to instruct their children yes even say things that the children don't like so that they would get used to being corrected by fathers because when you get into the church or if the church is functioning properly there should be plenty of fathers there to correct it's going to be led by a father the leaders will all be fathers and they will be considered fathers over you so that's where we are in our society right we have to correct men who innately distrust male leadership and maybe you are in the opposite position. You may innately, but not have realized it, may have innately distrusted male leadership. This is a key in, even in women, right? What happens in women, the only time that men have been approaching them is to abuse them or to use them. So when they come into church, they have to learn that the men there are different. It struck me a couple years ago. I remember Miss Ruby, she was giving a testimony about her being saved. She said she was shocked that the pastor didn't hit on her. And we may laugh about that, but you know what? It made me think that is the natural way of male and female interaction in the world. 
it is used, it is abused. But we reclaim those relationships in Christ. But that also means that we have to learn how to accept those new relationships in Christ too, right? And I'm lucky. I got a good father. I got a good mother. Many of you are not so fortunate. So you have to relearn those things, right? Those of us who didn't have good mothers, we got to relearn. What does it mean to have a good mother? Yeah, they're going to want to know what's going on in your life. Man, why are these people in my business? Well, now you have a good mother. She actually cares where you are. She actually cares what you do. Before, you did not have a good mother. Relearn those things. And he reminds him of these things because he says to fan and to flame the gift of God. And what he essentially means by it is this. God has entrusted on us special gifts and talents, purposes. And we can't just sit on those things. Even though God has given us such a precious thing, it's more than salvation that we're talking about here, right? He's given us those things. It's entrusted to us to do something with it. It's a sad thing when somebody has a talent and they don't do anything with it. It's a sad thing when somebody comes into the church, they say they don't know their gifts, but they say no to every opportunity that's given them. How would you ever figure out what gift you got? Because you don't use anything. Sometimes you need to do something you never did before just to see if you're going to be good at it. Fan into flame the gift of God. You don't know, right? You don't know what God has given you, and he may have given you something new since you've been saved. Knowing all that, he therefore says, do not be ashamed. Now, I know I've talked this many times, but I think that this is something that can never be repeated enough. Whenever scripture is talking about do not be ashamed, it's talking about what concept? Anybody remember? Okay. It is related to the gospel, but I'm thinking of a four-letter word. What does it mean to not be ashamed? What concept? Huh? Nope, nope. We got three main things in the scripture. We got faith. And at the end, we got love. There's one in the middle, that is hope. Whenever it's talking about not being ashamed, it's talking about hope. So whenever you read that in the scripture, you can realize you're talking about hope. Right? Paul said this. In the end, there's going to be three. Faith, hope, and love. These three. And the greatest of these is love. But faith is very important, right? Hope is very important. Hope is something we must understand. And what is hope? Hope is that we entrust our future to God and we will not be let down. That's why it says, I will not be ashamed. So every time you read in the Psalms, it says, I will not be put to shame. He's saying, I hope in God. And it's not like hoping in the world, well, ooh, man, I hope it don't rain tomorrow. No, I hope in God because I know he will not let me down. I will not be put to shame. He says, therefore, do not be ashamed. Do not be ashamed because of two things. Two, don't be ashamed of two things, of our Lord or of his prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. Now, that's an interesting thing that he just said there. Don't be ashamed, right? Two things. Don't be ashamed of the Lord. And then he started talking about the Lord. What the Lord do? The Lord saved us and called us. Not because of our works, right? We start to understand a little bit more of Paul's gospel. 
Paul's gospel is focusing on we did nothing to be saved. God saved us on his own. Not of works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave in Christ Jesus. What? Didn't we talk about how God gave his purpose to Jesus this morning? Before the ages began, he planned for each one of us to be saved before he even created the first Adam. And has now been manifested through the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. We have life because of the gospel. We live because of the gospel. So the first thing is not being ashamed is because of Jesus Christ. Why? Because he already saved you. There's nothing to re no reason to be ashamed because we're going to be counting on him in the, in, in the end. And he says, don't be ashamed of me, his prisoner. In verse 11, this is why I was appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher. I was appointed to take the gospel of Jesus that was entrusted to me and entrusted with others. Which is why I suffer as I do. But I'm not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed. And I'm convinced that he was able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. Very interesting passage. He is able to guard what's been entrusted to me. What's been entrusted? Trusted is the message of the gospel. What's been entrusted is the fatherhood of the gospel. What's been entrusted is the church. Share in suffering. Now, again, that just seems so weird. But what does he mean by sharing suffering? Christians, sometimes we must, especially as leaders, if you want to be a leader in Christ, we have to anticipate suffering, and sometimes the most difficult way is the best way. And we accept that. Sometimes we got to run right into the enemy. And enemy got shields and spears up. And you got to run so that everybody else run behind you. But you have to run against those spears and shields that's up. And it doesn't look like there's any way in the middle of those spears. But you know that God is calling you to charge. And as a leader, you have to go first. Sometimes we as Christians, we give up. Because we start to think that if God wants us to do something, it should be easy. But it says in verse 7, God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. Now, why would he give us that if he intended us to have an easy ministry? It must mean that he intended us to have a difficult ministry. And Jesus said this, count the cost. Anybody who don't want to take up his cross is not worthy of me. Anyone who's not willing to hate his mother or his father is not worthy of me. There are challenges to each brother and sister, not just the pastor, but all of us. If we do, verse 13, follow the pattern of sound words. What's the pattern of sound words? That's dancing to the beat of the sermons, right? God has given us these good preachings. God has given us these good teachers. And sometimes we don't necessarily have to know what every single step means. 
but we just got to move to that beat. And if we follow that pattern, then the Holy Spirit will protect us. So with that, let's call our leaders forward. We have all those who are going to receive communion. Out the bread or the crackers that we will receive. But it is magical to obey God, isn't it? God commanded us to keep his communion. He commanded us to do a few things. We don't have a lot of sacraments in the church anymore. The Old Testament, they used to have lots of sacrifices at different religious festivals and ceremonies. But we only have a few. But those few, let's make those as serious as we can be. Remembering who Christ is. Honor to partake in communion, isn't it? It's a praise. Oh, we got two over there already. Join me. Let's partake in Christ's flesh today, amen? I don't want to eat my flesh, you can't follow me. It was funny when he said that. He was saying that because there was too many people following him in his opinion. Jesus is funny in some ways, isn't he? And he was saying that because he didn't like no fake followers. So with that, I'm going to hold this one for Andy because I want him to pray for this juice that we're about to receive. Present Christ's blood. Lord, we just come to you and we just come praising and just let it on that juice. I want you to remember the image one of the things that Revelations is supposed to do is it's supposed to engrave images on our brain. And the image I want you to engrave is the lamb that looked like it was slain but was still standing. Because that's what the juice represents. Remember Christ. do a few testimonies before we close out. Just testimonies for the next 10 minutes or so. Amen. It's a, it's a job. It's a work. Uh, being married that long, you, you work at it. But you know you have Christ in your life. So you know that you can depend on him to help you through whatever you have to go through. And you have other Christian brothers and sisters around you to help you. But uh, I just thank God for bringing Charles to me because I prayed after my marriage, my first marriage, I got beat a lot. So I was uh, very negative and very, with, uh, not withdrawn, but wasn't willing to have nobody tell me anything. You can't tell me nothing. But I prayed and I asked God to send me someone that would love me, care for me, and love me for who I was, not for what I could give you, and that you could beat me and treat me bad. And uh, he sent me to Charles. And it was just truly a blessing. And we, we met and we've been together ever since. You know, we've only been apart once in our marriage, but it wasn't anything permanent. He came and got me because God told him to. And someone had told me one day, a lady across the street is a Christian from me where I used to live. And she said, you know what? I had a dream that your husband came with a trailer and took you home. 
And I said, really? And she said, yeah, you know, I wasn't in church at that time. And so I thought about it. And then when he came, I looked up. I said, God, this is actually happening. And when I told her, she said, I told you, didn't I? You know, so that was my first encounter with knowing that God will work in your life. He will do things for you. He will make things happen. And ever since um, we got back, we've been together. You know, I always did love him. I never stopped loving him and caring about him. Never. And uh, so that was the only time that in our lives, in our marriage, that we weren't together. But we stayed in touch with each other. We saw each other and stuff. But it was just things that were going on that, you know, at that time I wasn't submissive. And I didn't know anything about being submissive. I didn't know that much about Christ and how he can work and change your life. But um, these 40 years have been amazing. And I thank God for every one of them. <laughs> and I thank him for just saving me and uh, showing me that he can work in my life. And he can help us and, and protect and guide and direct and provide for us. God has, oh, he has given me such grace in these years that my health and everything, I am just so blessed and so thankful to him. So uh, I tell the young people that are married, it's work, and you have to be faithful. You have to have Christ centered in your marriage, and you have to be prayerful for one another and trust in God to work it all out. And I give him praise for that. Any else? Um, I wanted to give a testimony just thanking the Lord for um, Brian for his his gift in the ministry and he mentioned it this morning like how many times he's was preaching in a row and I just um, want to praise the Lord so much I've seen him seen you growing so much Brian and um, you know sometimes on the weekends I work a lot so he has to study a lot even when even sometimes I'm at work and he'll have to study or he'll say is there any way you can be off earlier so I can study some and sometimes I can't like the girls already put me out late um, closing so I just thank the Lord for how he can balance those things and the things you see he spends a lot of hours behind the scenes studying the word and meditating on it and just working really hard so I want to thank the Lord for that and then I do want to thank the Lord so much for um, Chantel's birthday and for her and Andy being back and just what a blessing she is in the church and um, just all that all that she does and we we noticed her being gone those couple weeks and of course we missed her and so we're happy to have her back and um, then also Pastor and Donna, we just want to thank the Lord so much for them, and we miss them a lot, you know. And the boys, I was telling Gigi a couple times, they just keep saying, we want to sit with Grandma. We want to sit with Grandma. I said, but you want to see Grandma here today? Grandma is not here. <laughs> She's still in Indiana. They don't, and they're really confused by that since my family's in Indiana. So they don't know what's going on, but they just keep asking to go to her house, and they've not gone there a couple weeks. So. You know, it, it is, we just all miss them. And so we just notice that, though, and we just thank the Lord for what they do on a regular basis. And I hope that when they come back, they really feel how much we appreciate them. Any other testimonies? Charmone? I just wanted to tell you how glad we are to be back because we haven't been here for a couple of weeks. And, and we really miss this church. We really miss our family. I miss really exciting being in Kentucky and and I don't even exciting it just was so awesome as a mother to see Michael graduate from seminary you know that I just can't even put it all into words but I feel a little like Mary that you treasure your heart 
But it is so good to be back here than we were at the race last weekend, and that was a whole different situation. But it is so good to be back with our church family. We have missed each and every one of you. We've missed the teaching of the gospel, and I thank you so much this morning, Brian, for, for giving us such a wonderful message. And it was so meaningful, and I just thank you so much. And, and even tonight, with your message of hope, and I just thank you for all that you've been able to share with us. And for each one of you, I want to tell you how happy we are to see you all again. We just thank God for this church and for our church family. Thank Amen. you. Amen. I know that feeling. If you miss the folks, get homesick, church sick. <laughs> uh, there's always a lot to give God thanks for, but I'll try to be really, really quick. A couple weeks ago was Mother's Day, and we weren't here in the evening, and I heard there were wonderful testimonies about mothers. So, of course, I got to talk about my mom and She's just a blessing to my heart and coincide with that when I got my job and got my job offer, one of the first things I told my boss, I was like, you know, I, have a, I show up to work every day. I don't usually get sick and have to miss any days, but if my mama need me, that's be the person that I might have to leave work for because I'm going to always be there for my mom because she's always been there for me and I'm glad God has kept her so far and really in the best health that she can be in but you know I thank God for her and just her her sassiness and also her sweetness and and that helped me just grow up to be the woman that I am because I'm total opposite of that sassiness but I've learned to better um you know just watch how people treat me and 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 learn how to conduct myself. So I just thank God for that. And then I thank God also for my parents' 40th anniversary and just the testimony in that, that everything doesn't always go smooth sailing. And, and there are always ups and downs, but you can learn from that. And in my marriage, I always try to make sure that I'm living up to the standard that God wants us to be in. But I always think about my parents and how the things they've been through that I, if they can go through it more than I can go through it and so it's just an incredible testimony to just look at them and, and others as well and see how far they come and then I thank God for my dad it's his birthday and it's kind of funny everybody's like he's that old I'm like my dad has a very young spirit he'll probably Lord willing like see in his 80s and still be like acting like he's 30 something I always say, I think I have the coolest dad. That's just me. <laughs> and it's just a blessing because my dad, too, he cracks me up. He, he's, he's always there for me. He's there when I don't, <laughs> don't know he's there. He'll just call and be like, like, actually, I don't, was I at work? <laughs> and I haven't been at work even a week. He's like, oh, did you park in the back? I'm like, how did you even, were you over here? He's like, oh, I was Ubering over there. I'm like, my dad finds, <laughs> finds some way to always be around. <laughs> That God leads them to be in my presence. But I, I, I'm grateful that I can say that my dad is in my life, and he's always been there. And he's, he's been the type where it's just like, go ahead, make your mistakes. You're going to learn from them, but he's also going to get on me and be like, you know better. And, and he's just a great dad, and so I thank God for that. And Okay, last thing. And I thank God for the job opportunity. That was not something I prayed for in a way. Actually, things kind of came in a full circle. My former boss called me one day. She's like, someone I know is hiring. She's like, you should go check it out. I was like, eh, all right. And she had already referred me. So I didn't want to leave the person hanging. I applied for the job. I prayed about it. And the lady, I was totally not qualified for this job. I'm a designer. I don't know anything about the printing side. And the lady was like, 
She's like, okay, well, I'll give you a call back if I'm interested. And she called back a day later. <laughs> and then when I got there for my first day, she sat me at a computer and I'm designing, but I'm supposed to learn the other stuff later. So I don't know all this, what's going on all right now. But I thank God for the opportunity. I thank God um, just for the chance to still work in the field that I went to school for and that I enjoy. And that, of course, it helps to have another um, steady income in our household. But I just thank God for all that he has been doing so far. Brother Charles, was that you? Well, I just want to give honor and glory to, to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But I just want to thank God just for so many things tonight. Uh, first of all, for my daughter, Charmone, and my son-in-law, Lawrence, just for, just for their love and care and uh, just for the uh, uh, surprise gathering yesterday. I actually, they fooled me, really, because I thought we were going somewhere. So that was, it was pretty good. It was pretty, they kept it a good secret. Now, then I heard how long she's been planning. I was like, wow, that was pretty good. You know? <laughs> a lot of people knew about it, and I didn't know nothing about it. So. I was out the loop on that one. The <laughs> you know, trick but is like keeping Cliff from blabbing it. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> well, whatever. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but anyway, I just thank everybody for those who was able to come, and even those who weren't able, and all the uh, congratulations and, and thank you. Happy birthdays I received to yesterday and today. And I just love this church so, so much. It's, it's just, I'll just think back, reflect back over my life. Uh, you know, 67 years ago on this date I was born. And I just think back of, all the people I've been around in different settings. And these, this group here at Sweet Community Baptist Church has been one of the really few groups of people, even in churches or you know school, different activities that you go through, school jobs, or churches and everything like that. But here it's just been everyone here is, 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 has, a, has a place in my heart. It's been, a, and even in this small church with me anyway, I can, talk to each one, everybody here at a certain time, and just have a relationship, personal relationship, not just the high and by type of thing, you know, like you may have on jobs and, and in school, but, and, and it's just a blessing how God works, and I just thank the Lord just for, just for my wife Beverly, and just like she said, uh, it, it, it was all God's doing, because I, I sit back and think about that, and how we met, how like, like Beverly said, we, you know, we had our ups and downs, the times of separation, but in the mix of that, God was, was in that. And, 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 it's, and I hear the word preached here by you and your father and the different teachers here, and little things I hear, I know, yeah, God did that for me. Yeah, if you, if you have faith and hope and, and if you walk right, God would do that for you, you know, and he's done that for me. Even in my trials and in my sin, it's just like how, how God has just reached out and grabbed me, you know. You know, I'm fighting and screaming all the way back, but he's, he grabbed me, you know. I have the love of, of my brothers and sisters here. I mean, Brian, you've been, a, you've been such a blessing in my life, you know, as young as you are. I know you talk sometime about uh, um, discipline, you know, and being corrected. And... I got, what, about 30, 20, 30, 40 years on you. And I can sit back and say, well, yep. Ryan said, that's, that's right. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad that God has given me the type of nature that I can, a personality, a nature that I can take correction without, you know, puffing up and, and saying, well, what do you know? You know, I, you, know you, you know, you, uh, like I said, just from correction from you 
and, and others in the church, and even from your father, Pastor Brian. I mean, it's, it's you know, some times that I had with him that nobody knows about, just me and him talking, and the correction that he gave me, and, and the example that he sets, the example that you said. And I see these things, and I'm, I'm a person who likes, who's a kind of like visual person. I, I look and see how people act and how they talk mm -hmm. and, and how it lines up. And, you know, I, I had, no, I had no, no problem with being corrected by a person who's, who walks their talk, you know, yep. speaks what they say, and then live what they say. Mm -hmm. I had no problem with that. And if, it's, if it doesn't line up, I had no problem with just saying, hey, you know, what you're saying and what you're doing don't make, don't make sense. You know, and that same thing you told me. Well, mm -hmm. no, what you're saying and what you're doing don't make sense. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's God using you. But anyway, just so I'm going on kind of rambling a little bit here. But just so much to be, like I said, I had so much to be thankful for. And the main thing to be thankful for is the another, first of all, another day of life, you know, and just the, the, the uh, just the truth that this church stands on. Um, uh, in my travels every day, I, I'm, I'm bringing up the church. I'm you know, passing out information on this church. So this church has just been a blessing to me, and uh, I just want to thank everybody here and just uh, just pray that God, which I know He will do, continue just to use this church in a mighty way. Amen. All right, Dale will be our last. Go ahead. Um, I just wanted to praise God for the message that you gave tonight because it was speaking specifically to something that I was dealing with. Uh, uh, in my job, I work with men. And recently, um, I found myself in a situation where I'm, here I am, <laughs> counseling some guy, you know, some grown man. Um, and that's what God has me doing. And, uh, I praise God for allowing me to do that, but a lot of times these guys, you know, they're hard to receive correction or hard to receive direction because, like you said, a lot of them growing up in homes where they, they didn't take, they didn't receive correction from a man. And so when another man corrects them, they push back against it. And being somebody that's working in ministry like that, sometimes, um, you know, I had a, you know, one of the guys kind of had a, kind of run in with one of the guys because of something like that. And it frustrated me to the point to where I was thinking for a moment, I was like, well, maybe I just need to just sit back and let the counselors do the counseling. And maybe I just, or the temptation to disconnect emotionally from the situation and just go in and do my job. But the reality is that's not what God called me to do. He, he, taught, he called me to be there emotionally, for real, and to do the ministry. And sometimes it's going to be hurt. It's going to be hurt involved. And sometimes it's going to be painful. But that's part of what I've been called to do. So the message tonight was an encouragement directly to me. And I praise God for you, and I praise God for that. Amen. All right, well, we thank God for those testimonies that was received. Let's uh, thank you for all those testimonies that went up, Lord. Let them be something that is sweet, Lord, to you. I know, Lord, many times it's not even the sermons that I remember. It's the testimonies. And they will be something that will light my way throughout the week, Lord. So I pray and thank you for those testimonies.